Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. In your life this morning, there's different giants. They're not the giants I'm talking about here, but there's things facing you this morning. A cancer test, an exam, a layoff coming this week, all kinds of things in our life. They're facing us. Now, either you believe that's for you or you believe God's against you. See, and all of that comes simply from believing the word of God. God's for you. It doesn't matter what's against you. He will get you through. Do you believe that God is for you or against you? Today, Pastor Mark will challenge listeners to not lack faith in the Lord's ever-present care. God has promised to bless and strengthen those who surrender their lives to Him. There should be no question about whether the Lord is keeping His end of the deal. Usually, that question falls on us and our inconsistency to follow Him. We know that His heart is for us. His work on the cross is proof enough that He desires us. What is it in your life today that could be holding you back from trusting in God's good and perfect plan for you? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians as he begins part nine in his series entitled, Unlimited Opportunities. As you know in your life, how many of you here ever, ever in your life ask God for a sign? Let me, let me see you. You ask God for a sign. Exactly. But what I want to hear from you today is I want to give you three keys right up front about the teaching today. So get your notepaper out. Get ready. Those of you watching online, the other campuses, begin to write this down. There's three principles I want to give you. Here's the first two. Number one, life, life is not just a destination, but life is a journey. You're on that journey today. If you're a Christian, a Christ follower, you're going to heaven. But we're not talking about heaven. We know what their destination is. But life happens every single day. Well, how do we do life? There's only two ways to do life. Notice number two point. Everyone in this room on all of our campuses, every one of us are on a journey. And there's only two kinds. You're either doing life with God or you're doing life without God. Now, I'll explain to you later. I'm not talking about, well, if you believe God, you're doing life with God. No, no, far from it. So either you're on a journey, and you're doing life with God, or you're doing life without God. For those of you that are doing life without God, I want to challenge you because I'm going to give you an opportunity to change that at the end of our teaching today. Now, this whole series we're doing on unlimited opportunities comes from 11 words that Jesus gave us in the New Testament. You remember the 11 words? They're found in Mark 1.17. Come, follow me. And I will make you fishers 
of men. Those 11 words, when honored, changed the world of Jesus' time. Those disciples that followed Jesus in that relationship discovered fulfillment, satisfaction, and they learned that God was a good God. Now, this concept of of following Jesus, those words mean to walk with him, that concept is not a New Testament concept. It goes all the way back, starting actually in Genesis with Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve were created, they weren't created to do life alone. You weren't created to do life alone. You can't do life alone. Now, people try it. Well, it doesn't work. Solomon told us every road is a dead end. So we see in the Old Testament God coming to people and showing them how to do life. In Genesis, God came to Abraham, and he says, Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of a, of a great nation, and this nation is going to serve me. I'm going to be their one true God, because there is only one God. And because of them, the whole world will know that there's one true God. And so we, we, we follow the history of the Jewish people. And they end up in Egypt, 400 years in bondage. And then God sends Moses to free them through the plagues. And they begin this journey, this amazing journey with God. And as they begin this journey, it's the same thing that we've learned in the New Testament. As we follow God, there's no lack. God provides everything we need. There's no reason to make an excuse, I can't follow or I can't do this. Yes, you can. And there's no need for fear And I wish I could say this morning, there's no need for any regrets, but we all have a few, but with that comes forgiveness. But if I follow God, if I follow Jesus, it opens a lifestyle of unlimited opportunities. About two million people, in front of them is the promised land, Israel. It's filled with good things, but filled with enemies and tall people and walled cities. They're on the verge of of going in. They're on the verge of going into the promised land. And by the way, it wasn't called the maybe land. It was called the promised land. It was given to them. God had already said it was theirs. But before they went in, they got afraid. So instead of doing God's plan, just go in and I'll provide for you, Moses allowed them to pick 12 men. Moses did it. He picked 12 spies. They went in, and for 40 days, they looked over the land. They traveled more than 200 miles in 40 days. And they came back with this glowing report that the the land is fabulous, but it's filled with enemies, giants. We can't take it. The final verdict, when they took a vote, 10 against 2 to go in. So you're going to see... They are not going into the promised land. They're this close to doing what God wanted, but they'll never get there, most of them. Why? A huge missed opportunity. One reason, they didn't trust God. Now, we pick it up where I've asked you to turn. Book of Numbers, chapter 13. If you will, all of our campuses look down at verse 30. Now, before we start that verse... I want you to see a principle that you're going to see all day long. Because they missed this principle. They missed it. Here it is, number three. Write this number third principle down today. On our journey, remember 
that God is for us. You see, they should have learned this because there's only two things you can think in your life. Either God's for you or God's against you. Well, the Bible tells us in Romans 8 that God is for us. Why didn't I say God is for me? Well, he is. But we're not doing this alone. We're doing this as a family. God is for us, all Christ followers. Now, we begin and look at verse 30. Now, remember, there was only two people that said they should go and take the land. One of them is Caleb. Look what he says. Caleb silenced the people before Moses, and he said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Notice the response from the other ten. But the men who had gone with him said, we cannot attack those people. They are stronger than we are. Now, if you're God, what are you going to do? God's discouraged. He's provided everything these people need. He's got them on the verge of getting them in the promised land, as he said he would. But they reject it. So we're going to learn today what not to do and then some things to do. See, when you leave this building, after an hour of teaching, if you leave this building going, so what was that all about? Then I failed totally. But you won't leave that way because God's speaking to us. So don't just look at this and go, wow, nice history, Pastor Mark. It's not history. It is history. But I'm not interested in history. I'm interested in the practical application of the principle to me right here today. So you're on a journey with God. Some of you without God. How's that do for you? What's it going to look like? And we're going to learn together as these people learn together. So let's go to chapter 14. You're right nearby. And we begin in verse 1. That night, after the people rejected to go, remember, we've got two to three million people. All the people of the community raised their voices, and they wept out loud. All the Israelites grumbled against their leadership, Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only, Yahweh, we'd have died in Egypt or in the desert. We wish we were dead. Why is it the Lord is bringing us to a land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and our children, man, they'll be taking us plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Now, you can see there's a few things to learn there. Number one, none of us choose a leader. God chooses pastors and leaders. We don't choose people. Well, like Pastor Mark, it's 44 and 42 against. That'd be exciting to teach you. 42 of you can't stand my guts, and a few more of you like me. What would that do here? No, we let God choose. So they're going to try to choose a leader, but worse than that, notice, we just told you that God's for them. What is Satan saying to them? God is not for you. God is not for you. In fact, God's going to kill you. He might as well kill you right now. He wants to take you into that land and kill you. Why did God bring you here? God isn't for you. Who's doing that? Satan. Satan is lying to the children of Israel, starting with those ten spies. But what is the truth? If they try to go back to Egypt, by the way, Egypt, just so you know, 
an analogy. Egypt is always the world. It's our old sinful lifestyle. If they tried to go back to Egypt without God, without his provision, his direction, his protection, what would that trip be like? They'd probably never make it. They get to the Red Sea. Who's going to open it for them? Let's just say they make it back to Egypt. What was that lifestyle in Egypt like? They were what? Slaves. Why did Moses come the first time? Because God heard the people going, you can't stand in slavery. Get us out of this country. Now here they are a few weeks later. Let's go back to the country. It was wonderful there. What is wrong with your mind? (laughs) Write this down. You need to understand this principle. Satan's offer was to go backward without God. Guaranteed failure. Guaranteed failure. Following Jesus, we go forward. We don't go backward. We go forward. We don't go backward. Maybe some of you listening today are discouraged. You've been following God. But you haven't been following too closely, and because of that, well, you've missed some opportunities. Now you're discouraged. And you're thinking, I'm going to give up and go back. Don't you dare do it. He who began a good work in you, he'll complete it. So you can't listen to the lies of Satan. But look at verse 5. Then Moses and Aaron fell down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Picture that. The two leaders, when they hear this, they fall down in front of millions of people. And then Joshua and Caleb, who were among them who had explored the land, these were the two positive ones. Notice what they do. They tore their clothes. They're really hurting. What Caleb and Joshua were saying was this. Why are you refusing to go? Our God provides. Our God is for us. It's not a saying. It's a lifestyle. You'll never do the Christian life if you think God's against you. Never. He's not against you. He's for you. And so what does verse 7 really say? They tore their clothes and they said to the entire Israelite assembly, because they believed the word of God, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us to that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Only do not, here's the key, rebel against the Lord. It was a rebellion against the very word of God. And do not be afraid. We don't need to have any fear of the people in the land because we will defeat them. We will swallow them up with God. Their protection is gone, but circle these next words. The Lord is with us. That's the key. The Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. In your life this morning, there's different giants. They're not the giants I'm talking about here. But there's things facing you this morning. A cancer test. An exam. A layoff coming this week. All kinds of things in our life. They're facing us. Now, either you believe God's for you, or you believe God's against you. See, and all that comes simply from believing the Word of God. God's for you. It doesn't matter what's against you. He will get you through. 
go forward with him. So as you understand that, th- there's a principle that you want to write. It's the very opposite of the one you just wrote. Notice this and write it down. God's offer to them was to go forward with him. Not backward without him, but to go forward with him. Bottom line, guaranteed success. That's how we do life with God. You see, look at verse 10. But the whole assembly then talked about stoning them. They're not interested in changing. They're not interested in going with God. They're interested in doing life without God. It'll never work. Look at the next word, then. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the Israelites. You see, instead of believing God's word, they were believing the word of man. Fear filled their minds and unbelief filled their minds. Now, let me remind you of something. You know this principle. The spiritual battle is in our minds. As a man or woman thinks, so they become. So they're listening to these ten spies that go, great land, impossible for us to do it. Okay, okay. And they're thinking, here's fear. We're going to die. We're going to die there. Let's just go back. The battle's in the mind. That's why the book of Romans tells us that we are to renew our thinking. And renew our thinking simply means this. Think the way God thinks. Well, how do I think the way God thinks? You have to read his mind. So as you're going through 40 days, 28 minutes a day listening to the word of God, you're hearing God speak. You're listening to God's mind. That renews your mind versus what's going to happen. Is it going to happen in the United States? What's going to happen to those people? What were the reactors? What's the price of fuel? And pretty soon we want to go back. No. The word is that which gives us the ability to go forward. Now, God appeared. Suddenly, just in the perfect time, God came. Now, God is going to propose a solution to Moses. He stops them from stoning the leaders. God knows when to come. He stopped them from stoning the leaders. And then God says to Moses, Moses, for the second time, Moses, I have a solution. And basically God says this, I'm going to kill all those people. So you're all dead. He says, I'm going to get a whole new group of people, and we're going to do it right this time. You're all dead. Now, why did God say that? Was God going to do that? No, God wasn't going to do that. Who is he testing? Moses. Now, if you're the leader, and these people rebel, and they've been rebelling forever, and they want to stone you, what would Moses say when God says, I'm going to destroy these people? Moses said, you have a second? You have a second? <laughs> Those of you that have teenagers, you ever want to kill your teenagers? Let me just tell <laughs> Come on, I'll be honest. Put your hand up. Say yes. I uh, can kill them, suckers. I want to start over with a baby. Where's that two-year-old? Where's that two-year-old? It doesn't work that way. So God wasn't going to do this. Actually, it's the second time he made this suggestion. He wanted to see if Moses would do it. Moses wasn't going to do it. You know what Moses starts saying? Moses says this to God. God, I know you're not serious. God, I know you love these people, and I love these people. And God, if you do this, if you destroy these people, all the pagan nations, 
especially Egypt, are going to make fun of you. They're going to say, you know that God that Moses talked about? He couldn't even bring his children into the promised land. He's impotent. He's got no power. He had to kill them all. So Moses was concerned for the reputation of God more than his own reputation. So he begins to remind God, which God doesn't need reminding, but it's good for us, the character of God. We pick that up in verse 17. Now may the Lord's strength be dismayed, displayed just as you have declared. Now look at the character of the God we serve. This is why God's for us. The Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiving sin and rebellion. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. You'll see why in a moment. He punishes the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. But in accordance with your great love, God, Moses speaking, forgive the sin of these people just as you've pardoned them from the time they left Egypt to now. So Moses says to God, God, please forgive them. You've done it over and over again. And then discipline them with loving discipline, because I know you love these people. What's God going to do? That was just the words he wanted to hear. Look at verse 20. And the Lord replied, I have forgiven them just as you ask. Because of God's grace, God does forgive them. What does that tell me? God is for us. God is for them. What about you and I when we fail like this? When I fail and I ask for forgiveness, does God say, I've forgiven you twice this week? Sorry, your get-out-of-jail cards are gone. You'll have to wait till next week. No, 1 John 1, 9 says what? If I confess my sin, he's faithful, he's just, to forgive me my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Now, do I deserve it? No, I do not. That's why I know God's for me. He's not against me. If God wouldn't forgive me, none of us would be here. We'd all be toast. We don't want to sin, but if we do, we will be forgiven. But there's always consequences. You know what that's like. So notice what we see in verse 21. Nevertheless, as surely as I live, and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the earth... Here's his punishment. Not one of the men who saw my glory, those ten, and the miraculous signs I performed in Egypt, the whole group, and in the desert, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on an oath to their forefathers. No one who has treated me with contempt or unbelief will ever see it. What does God say? God says, all right, I forgive you. But here's your consequences. Here's the consequences of your unbelief. Everyone is on a journey, either with God or without God. Today, we were challenged by Pastor Mark to consider who is controlling our life. With God, there's guaranteed success and unlimited opportunities. Without God, there's guaranteed failure and missed opportunities. Who are you following today? Jesus said that you cannot serve two masters. Surrender your life to Him every day and watch Him go to work. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. What fruit does a life live for Christ bring? And what can we expect from God? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will address these questions as he encourages listeners to draw near to God daily. The Holy Spirit is with you and lives inside of you. He wants to lead you. As you obey God daily, blessings are promised to follow. He wants to test and shape us into the men and women He designed us to be. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the book of Ephesians. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurry